Now on the stretch now with Norman Dancer out in front. He'll rise coming at him on the outside. Texas period on the outside to take the lead. Sham holding in second. It's Texas period moving away. He has it by two and a half. Seattle's smooth opens it to four lanes. It's all swell. He's there by four lanes. Here comes Ferdinand on the rail. In the final furlong, it's Ferdinand getting the lead. And down the stretch they come. Winning colors in front. And Street Sense goes right on by Hart's Fun. Street Sense has taken over and opens up here. 16th to go, an American Pharaoh and firing line. And it's American Pharaoh pulling away late. American Pharaoh rules the Derby. Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky Oaks Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, me, C.C. Broadus, and our special guest, Dan Cronin. Hello and welcome to episode number 103 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. It's our Kentucky Oaks Seminar, and it's an exciting day here in the uh, the Louisville area, the Bluegrass. Uh, we had, we had the draw today for the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. is on a Monday. We're recording this on a Monday night. And uh, it gives us one extra day to handicap a lot of races this week and this weekend. So uh, to do that, uh, we brought along a special guest. But before we introduce him, we want to uh, introduce our mainstays. And, of course, that's Alan Schneider. Hey, what's going on? Like I mentioned before, there's a lot of pontificating and overwrought analysis of this Derby Oaks crab. So, like I said, we intentionally try to keep it a little bit on the on the down low and just save it for this because I know you guys have heard nonstop coverage. So we'll see what we can talk it through for a little bit here today. And of course, our other mainstay, Brandon Jaggers, has uh, broken away from his uh, social life uh, and 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 decided to join us and, and drop some knowledge on on the best three year old fillies in the land. Well, it's just my my spouse's political ambitions. Let's say that, but it's not really <laughs> political. Running for circuit court judge. Remember, if you're Jefferson County, vote May 17th in the primary. Sarah Clay Sarah, for judge. Sarah Clay. You got that, everybody? Understood. Okay. Well, uh, a 14 horse field in the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, we decided to, to reach out to, to somebody that uh, really knows the, the game inside and out. And we're going to introduce him right now, and that's the, uh, the owner. And uh, the head cheese at uh, FatBallGuyRacing.com, and that's Dan Cronin. How you doing, Dan? I'll tell you what, I'm actually a little tired already because I've been going nonstop since this morning trying to gather info and 
watched the draw, and then this is actually the fifth thing that I've done either for radio, TV, podcast today. So I'm uh my voice starts cracking. It's because of that. Wow. Oh, wow. I know you're a big fan of the game, so I, I, I know you've got a lot of enthusiasm. So, but, but, uh, we, we're greatly appreciative, uh, that you joined us, uh, tonight to, to, to talk about the, uh, the Kentucky Oaks and the weekend ahead. Uh, now before we get started, uh, Alan, uh, we, we did have some bad news over the yeah. weekend, uh, this past week. Uh, Alan, why don't you shed some light on, on what, what's going on here that, uh, is really, really some sad stories this past week. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like sometimes we get so, uh, caught up in the gambling aspect or whatever people get caught up in the derby. We have a tendency to overlook like what happens in real life. And, uh, I don't ever really want to be that way. So I, you know, I kind of feel like Cowboy Jones, his death this past week, he's kind of a legend at Ellis Park in that area. He's been a, a jockey for so long, just an effervescent guy. I didn't know him. He came along after my time. I knew him a little bit, but all the stories I heard about him and the legend that he has, um, you know, it, it kind of played into that. And he he passed away this week, I think, at the age of uh, late 60s, early 70s. I don't recall. But I feel like his death uh, kind of got overshadowed by the Derby or whatever, and I don't feel like he got enough t- got enough uh, respect. And I know it was my, my friend Michael Yarvery on Twitter actually had to get a hold of the people at Ellis Park where he is a legend up there and get them to acknowledge it. I mean, I, we had to, you know, they touted their casino continuously on, on their, on their Twitter page. And it was hit. It was he that got, got the ball rolling to give him the respect he deserves. I mean, Cowboy Jones is a, is, was a legend up in the, in the Midwest uh, for decades. And so sadly he passed. I know you were a big fan of his CC. And I uh, just thought maybe, I think maybe he, you know, his, his life deserved a little bit more mention than I think he's got. Uh, don't you agree? He was uh, 79 when he passed. 79. Enrolled in six different decades, correct? And was, I mean, uh, I think he was leading Ryder at Ellis Park and some other tracks for years and years and years. And his legend uh, is, his legend is legendary right up in that area. How many times did you get to see him ride in person? Oh, several times. I got to meet him one time on the backside at Ellis. So just late in the morning, he he was the only guy on the track, him and an outrider, and they were uh, they're trying to uh, get a get a, a young horse uh, race ready. And you know he was out there. It wasn't very long ago, and uh, you know nice guy. Seemed like a, seemed like a really really good guy. So you know and, he'd be missed, I'm sure, in Henderson. Yeah, if you're listening up in Henderson, uh, you know maybe you may name a race after him. How about you do that? Okay, you know. Uh, I think I think his legacy up there and, and the contributions he's made to your program up there would deserve at least that. And she also, I mean, and I know a lot of people do know about this one. This was a she deserves mention. Twenty year old Callie Witt, exercise rider at Keeneland, died in a tragic accident. I mean, that's just it's just that is just gut wrenching. I have a twenty one year old daughter and a fifteen year old daughter, and I, I just can't imagine the phone call those parents got. A uh, girl chasing uh, chasing uh, the, her dream. And it ended tragically, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. So that's a tragic story, and I feel like her name needs to get mentioned. So again, a couple of t- a couple of tough losses. Sometimes they bother you, sometimes they don't. These two kind of got to me a little bit and stuff, and I'm sure they did you guys too. So uh, R.I.P. to R.A. Cowboy Jones and 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 Callie Witt. Yep, absolutely. So uh, switching gears, we're gonna dive headlong into this. Uh, this uh, wide open, in my opinion, Kentucky Oaks. I know uh, the, uh, the the betting public may not see it that way, but uh, uh, there's a field of 14. We've got one also eligible, 
And uh, Dan, let's just uh, go one by one through each of these horses. And guys, you chime in when you when you see one that you like or you, or you, that you don't like. And gotcha. we'll, uh, we'll see if we can figure out uh, how to how to play this race. Uh, let's start on the rail, of course. Secret Oath from the Lucas Barn, ridden by Luis Saez. I think that is a monster jockey change. This filly is six to one on the morning line, coming off a third place finish in the Arkansas Derby. Dan, uh, we'll go to you, Secret Oath. Uh, your your feelings and thoughts. Sure. Well, first, did anybody else fall off their chair when they said six to one? That's <laughs> a little high. That's a little high. A little high. It, yeah. Let's just let's just say she ran in the fantasy and won like she would have. She'd have been eight to five. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't understand this line at all. I mean, granted, she couldn't beat a bad field in the Arkansas Derby, but it was against the boys. Um, the rider change, like you said, is monster. She's got a big chance. I think she's one of four that got a chance to actually win the race. My only question here is with her, does she really want this distance? I'm not so sure she does. That's my, that's my main issue or knock, I guess you should say against her is she seems to have about a two to three furlong run in her. And in the Arkansas Derby, she made that run, and she just dead stopped in the middle of the lane. They were crawling home, and she was and she was losing ground in the lane. So I'm not so sure when they hit the eighth pole is she's going to want to go on and pass anybody, and she's going to have to she's going to have to pass Nest and Echo Zulu. Now I don't know if she can pass either horse. So maybe Kathleen O runs with her from the back, but I, I just, I don't know. Maybe Saez can get her closer to where she doesn't have to make a, as big of a run from the rail. But, uh, I mean, I, she's fourth of the four to me that can win. What do you guys think? I'm concerned. I'm a bit concerned with the way she got caught by Barbara Ochi. I mean, I know there was a, there was a big rush by uh, Contreras in that race. He kind of rushed after – I think he panicked a bit, right? And so, I mean, they may have zapped a little horse's energy down the stretch, but Barbara Road went by her late. And I know – and those are males. I- I'm wondering if the Sheens wore off a little bit with Secret Oath. Uh, you can't play them all. Um, I, the Luis Saez thing is, is, is a big switch. There's no question about that. Six to one, you're right, is is too much. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Secret Oath, to be honest with you. I, I, it's not it's not a true win contender, at least on my ticket. Uh, three weeks ago, I would have said something different, but I don't know. CC? Uh, the switch to size is, is, is it helps. It is helps. the thing. Uh, that that ride by Contreras did, didn't help Secret Oath at all. She had to go uh, ridiculously wide around the turn, and I think she just gave up late. I, I, I'm not as concerned about her distance limitations. Uh with Saez aboard, I think uh, I think she's a primary contender here. My concern is is has she tailed off uh, since those two yeah. big victories at Oakland? That's, yeah. that's my main concern. If 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 I know she hasn't tailed off, then I think she's she's a uh, prime uh, win contender here. Now the other thing I'll say about her before we move on is I'm big in on these Grade One races on rags. I'm, regular races, I'm more with the buyer numbers, but. These big grade ones, I, I really stare at the rag patterns, and her her rag patterns not fast enough to win, and that that scares me too. I mean, she's she's thirteen minus eleven minus back to thirteen minus, 
I mean, 11 is not going to win this race. She's going to have to run a six or seven to win. And I'm not so sure. I just, at this distance, I'm a little concerned, but you know, I, I don't think she's a complete toss out, but, uh, yeah, I, I do like a couple other ones a lot better. What, what do you think she goes off at post time? Cause again, I think six to one, especially the Lucas factor and the fact that she ran against males. Uh, what do you, what do you see her post time odds? At? I think all four Phillies are going to go off between three and four to one. I think okay. you're going to see a three to one favorite, seven to two, seven to two, four to one, maybe nine to two. I think all four of them are going to be right there. Cause there's reasons to bet on all four of them. And there's reasons to be like, Oh, maybe not on all four of them. So. You know, I was shocked by the morning line five to two. And you guys know I've liked Ness since November. So right. I've bet on her every single time. And I think she's going to win, but I'd never dreamed she'd be five to two. When they hung her up favorite, I cringed. I was like, Oh no, I thought for sure she'd be four or five to one or at least, you know, seven to two. I, I never dreamed she'd be favored over two undefeated Phillies, but yeah. um, I guess we're just going to have to deal with it. I'm, I'm not so sure she's going to go off favorite though. I think she'll drift a little bit. I think five to two is just too much, too low for anyone in this field. But I, I do believe she'll be favored at the, at the jump at the, when they go off, but it's going to be slight. It's going to be 3.3 to one or something like that. Right. Okay. Let's move on to number two. This is nostalgic and this is from the Bill Mott barn. Jose Ortiz takes the mount. This is a winner of the gazelle stakes, the real rally up the inside. This is, uh, Godolphin's entry, and, and we all know Godolphin's had a big run as of late. Uh, that, as a matter of fact, I believe the day that Nostalgic won the Gazelle, they, they won several big races, uh, that weekend. And, uh, Nostalgic is 15 to 1. How about this one, Dan? I think she deserves to be at least 15 to 1, maybe 20 to 1. Uh, numbers too slow. The, the good point is Jose Ortiz on a price on a big day is a huge angle. Medallia Doro breeding's a huge angle. She'll get the distance, but I just don't think she's fast enough. You know, Jose's going to do her everything he can to get her on the wire, but I, I just, I'm too much of a numbers guy and I keep staring at slow numbers. She's tactical, but I think she fades away as they turn the bend. I, I like this horse a lot more than Dan does. This, this, I think this is one of a couple dangerous long shots in this field. I agree that the numbers are probably a little too slow. But if you take a closer look at this form, um, obviously she won just one going away at two. Uh, well, I guess it'd be one turn at Belmont and her maiden win. And it, she tackled Ness and Vancey Valentine in Magic Circle. And, you know, it was her second start going a mile and eight. That's, that's a lot to ask for horse. And she ran incredibly well, comes back this year. And the, the turf things are not is a, is a throwout. But, man, coming back, she's, she's kind of aired in two starts. And the late pace fig and that mile and eight gazelle win, which is, again, a softer spot, no question about it. Shotgun Hottie's not much to write home about, but she did beat Venti Valentine, and she did come up the inside to do it, which is what she'll have to do here today. Jose's three for four on her, and as, as uh, Cece alluded to, Godolphin's been hot as hell. This horse won without Lasix last time. Uh, at a mile and an eight, at 20 to one, my, I'm, I'm truly intrigued by this one a little bit. And when you have a race with four overwhelming favorites, like this race can be, man, if you can somehow – Get one, get get a price outside of those. I mean, you're talking some serious uh, cash. Now, whether it happens, I don't know. But at 21, I'm, and again, I'm nostalgic. If you know anything about me, I love the 80s. I love the 70s. <laughs> so I'm nostalgic in general. So the name is right up my alley. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little tr- intrigued by this one. I don't I think, think the horse will keep the pace. It might you know, not. 
it likes to ride. I mean, the last two starts, you know, likes to be near the front. I think it's going to be blistering fast, and I don't think nostalgia is going to be able to hold on long. Maybe clean up in the late, you know, late half, or I, I don't know, last quarter, but uh, I'm fading. Okay. All right. I'm standing alone then, CC. Am I standing alone on this one? Uh, I'm on the fence. This Philly, if you cross out the turf race, now Dan uses the rags. I use third graph, and I, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I, I use third graph because I know how to read them a little bit. Uh, I don't I don't have access to rags like uh, Thoroughgraph, but if, if you cross out the turf race, she's got a really healthy pattern, and you know there may be a forward move coming, and it's Godolphin. If if you if you know the way Godolphin's been on a tear, I I, I would uh, maybe consider this one underneath. Uh, I don't like she's picking up weight. She she carried 118 last time, so that I mean you know picks up uh, eight pounds. So that's uh, that's probably a, a minus. She went yeah. that last eighth under 12 seconds, by the way, just, just, you know, and she didn't win inside. I'm not discounting this Philly. I, I just, I think there's some others in here that I like better. So, uh, she'll be underneath for me. So moving on to number three, this is Hidden Connection, daughter of Connect, 20 to one on the morning line for Brett Calhoun and Ray Lou Gutierrez, the hot riding jockey that's, uh, come up through, uh, New Orleans, uh, Hidden Connection, barely beating the nose in the Fairgrounds Oaks. Dan. About hidden no, just, just to give you a comparison on the rags from nostalgia to uh, hidden connection, 15 minus on the Jose Ortiz Godolphin runner, eight and a half on Ooh. hidden connection. I mean, that's 15 lengths. So on paper, at least in the rags point of view, it's not two points like the buyers are. I mean, right. They think hidden connections way faster. So I just look at that and think 20 to 1, third start since November, a win at Churchill. This is my long shot, my flyer, as I like to call it, you know, outside the top four that if I was going to make an Oaks Derby double or, you know, try to not just take the four favorites, this is the Philly that I would add just because of the Churchill factor. Factor, the third off the layoff, and I love her last race where she was running down. I know they were crawling because Eka Zulu's only start since the Breeders' Cup, but she was trying everything she could to get to her, and I'm not so sure she can't get the distance. I mean, I know it's a question. The rider's a question, but at least she's got a win, and she's tactical. She might make the lead if Eka Zulu doesn't break. Um, but at least she'll be on the pace for sure, and she'll have every chance. Now, if she's not good enough, she'll fade away like I think the other one will. But uh, at 20 to 1, I'm, I'm willing to take a little flyer on her. Do you think she goes off 20 to 1? I think she'll get bet down a little bit. I think she's more in the 12, 13 to 1 range, but I may be wrong about that. I think she I think a lot of people are going to like it. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a, a daughter of Connect. I know our friend Jerry Romans likes those Connect uh, those Connect offspring, doesn't he? Doesn't he, CC? Yeah, he's he's talked about that today in uh, numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah. I think this horse is a player. I mean, uh, you know, you can't pick them all, and I've I've wanted to see this horse do well because Ray Lou's a great guy. Uh, Brett Calhoun can't help but pull for him. So I mean, I know CC's pretty fond of him as well too. But uh, I thought she had Echo Zulu last time. I thought she had her. So it's gonna be interesting how how uh, this one. Uh, they say she's doing really well in the mornings too. That she's looked really good. So I can't blame anybody for trying hidden connection. 
Yeah, she's my top pick. I, I think, uh, you know, I saw the 20 to 1 and my eyes lit up. I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think she'll, she'll drop off that. But third start off, a layoff. And yeah, the, the, the pattern looks like, you know, maybe she's ready to move forward now. I don't know what happened in the first start of the year, but, uh, you know, second start, she almost caught the two year old champion. Hidden connection, uh, just been touting herself in the morning. She, she just looks outstanding. I worked 50 seconds flat and, and the jockey was just, I mean, she's pulling the jocks arms out of her socket you know so you know this horse i think he's sitting on a big one and and you know calhoun finished third in the derby two years ago with mr big news it was 40 50 to one so uh hidden connection is gonna be my top pick and i'm i'm well i'm gonna play the race i'm gonna i'm gonna key hidden connection in all three spots in a in a try or something like that and if i can if i can hit her in a in a try with uh maybe a couple others uh, you know that that it's gonna more than pay for itself and i'll, I'll use the derby oaks doubles as well let me ask you something. It's, in that case, if you like Hidden Connection, then that means you're going to upgrade Echo Zulu's chances. Like some people would see Echo Zulu as a bit of a fade in this race because uh, Hidden Connection would, ran so strongly against her. So you believe Echo Zulu's return was better than a lot of people think it was? Is that what, wouldn't, wouldn't your logic dictate that? Well, yeah, going back to Sheets on the third graph, uh, that's uh, uh, Echo Zulu paired up. In her first start of the year, that's 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 a good sign, and usually they'll move forward off of, off an effort like that. She's had six weeks between starts. My concerns, like Brandon, it could be a really hot pace yeah. uh, in this race. So you know that that works against Echo Zulu, but I, I think you have to consider her. Okay, I was just curious how you. I just I, I would think that means that you thought Echo Zulu had a strong chance. I'm not saying she does, she does, and I was just curious how you viewed Echo Zulu in that regard. But I like the pick. I like I like what you guys are saying about her. Number four is Nest, five to two morning line. I don't think there's any question at all that this filly is going to get the distance. She's a daughter of Curlin, of an AP Indy mare. She's a full sister to Idol, who won the Santa Anita Handicap last year. Uh, and uh, who's riding Nest? Is it Red or T? So, yeah, you're, you're getting the best of everything, Dan. Huh. Yeah, except when the moron made, made her the favorite. I was so mad. <laughs> I thought, I thought, man, she's going to be third or fourth choice. This is going to be perfect. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. What on earth? Are, what is going on? I mean, how in the world is she favored over Echo Zulu and Kathleen O and, and Secret Oath? I'm like, oh my Lord. But I guess he, I guess he just saw what we've all saw and, and he's staring at the breeding and he's staring at that seven and a quarter rag number that's just way better than everybody else other than other than Kathleen O. I mean, just to give you a clue, Echo Zulu's 11 minus. I mean, Echo Zulu's not, she's run four 11 minuses and one nine as a two-year-old, and that's it. She's never come close to a seven and a quarter. So with the breeding, with the tactical speed, with Irad Ortiz, third off the lay, I love horses that have only got two starts coming into big races. I, I think that's huge for her. I, I, I think she's going to have to get a really bad trip to not be on the wire for me. I, unless somehow the weather screws it all up or and she should run in the mud anyway, but you just don't know what, you know, if it, if it comes up sloppy, but 14 horse field, I want people, somebody like I read on honor. You know, I don't want anybody like Lay Peru. that's going to choke her to death and kill her. <laughs> you know, I read, going to give her a perfect trip. So I, I, the only thing I don't like is the price. I, I think, to me, she's the key of the whole race. If I'm betting tries and supers and things like that, 
she may get beat, but I, I can't possibly see her not being on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I asked this question a few weeks ago on Twitter. And again, sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I put stock in some Twitter opinions. Oftentimes I don't, I, I, I'm not going to tell you that I picked the winner of the race because that would be an absolute lie, but I actually do think I do a pretty good job of gauging odds. And, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I thought, well, we get seven to two on Maness and people thought it was crazy. The horse could be six, seven to one. It's like you're out of your mind. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about because Nest is the now horse. Uh, I did, I think Nest would be five to two. No, I, th- I thought Ness would probably, probably end up being in that four to seven to two, four to one range, as I mentioned. People saying to me the fourth choice, that's insanity. Um, I do think this is the one to beat in the race. I think she is indeed the one. If I make her the top pick, it's only because of the, if I don't make her the top pick, it's only because of the, the, the price. And there's some long shots I do find intriguing, but she's a major player of the four main horses of the, quote unquote top four, which I, I don't uh, know if I agree with that. Um, I think she is by far and away the one that I like the most. So she's a one, two player for me. And the only reason I won't put her in the, in the top spot, because there's a couple of long shots that I, that I find intriguing, but I think Ness is going to run a monster race and the numbers back that up. I mean, she's been looked fantastic so far this year at Tampa and at Keeneland. The late pace figures are insane. And uh, I, I say when I, I ran pushes the button, I mean, this horse just takes off. So I think Ness is a major, major player. I totally agree as well. The curling sire, this horse just wants to go long, long, long. And it looks the best in the morning. It stands out. I thought Malathat looked like a champion last year before the Oaks. And what happened? She wins the Oaks. So my my top pick is Ness. Undefeated at uh Two turns, by the way. The only loss was it kind of ran out of ground in a grinding one-turn mile up at the Belmont. So uh, the mile and eight should be no problem. CC? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't blame you a bit for using her. She's uh, I, 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 Unfortunately, I, I was against her in Ashland. I thought that race at Tampa, I thought she beat tomato cans. I know she beat them easily, but I was yeah. against her. She just blew me away in Ashland. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's probably the now horse and uh, would expect her to – to fire a big one on Friday. The, the, the one knock I will say is uh, something to keep in mind, and you, you just touch on tomato cans. The two races she's ran in this year, I know the Ashland's a grade one, but the, the race at Tampa and the race at Keeneland, she did not beat much. So um, Cocktail Moments is, is a nice little horse, but, I mean, I mean she did it great. Don't get me wrong. She blew them off, the doors off of them, but it, the competition is nowhere near what she's going to face today. That said, to me, she's she's the one to beat. Like, I'm sure Dan and Brandon agree. Yep. All right, Goddess of Fire. This is an interesting filly, a daughter of mine, Shaft. Another one from the Todd Pletcher barn. John Velasquez, Will Rise, comes off a second in the Gulfstream Park Oaks behind Kathleen O. Any interest in Goddess of Fire, Dan? Well, until she got outworked by the mystery horse three straight times, I did. But she can't even beat the stable mate that, that's in this field that we have no no racing form on, so we're guessing. Um, you know, I, if she can't beat, how do you pronounce it, Shahama? Shahama. Shahama. I mean, Shahama's <laughs> dusting her in the mornings. So I, I don't know. I, I liked her last race. I thought, man, I got a big chance to upset this favorite, so I'm going to get first run. She's going to, you know, get to the lead early, and she did all of that. And still was no competition. So I, I don't see a, a non-winners of two life. I, I just, I don't see her hitting the board. 
the only thing I'll say about Goddess of Fire, a couple things, is I probably like her a little bit more than most people do, and there's just a couple of reasons why. Again, Shahama, who I'm fairly high on, uh, did beat her. So, but it's, so be getting beaten works by Shahama may not be as bad as it appears. Now, it doesn't mean if you can't beat her in a work, how are you going to beat her in a race? But uh, God, I hear Goddess of Fire, and I think Princess of Silmar. Uh, because Princess Solmar for Todd Pletcher was the forgotten third horse in his stable a few years back and won the Oaks at 38 to 1. Goddess of Fire kind of sounds like Princess of Solmar. You get John Velasquez on it. Todd Pletcher has a way of sneaking into the, uh, the exotics or winning these races at monster prices and triple crown races. That's the only thing I'll, I would, I would, I would throw out there. Uh, the horse will be forgotten about on the board, 30-41. Pletcher, Velasquez, you know, I mean, if you want to take that angle, so it wouldn't shock me. Um, that the horse ran, hit yeah. the board, but her uh, numbers are good. I mean, her rag's a ten. She ran yeah. a ten. I mean, that's better it's than a Pletcher. lot of. Them. Yeah, it's Pletcher. There's worse things you could do. I mean, uh, he's got uh, this horse is going up, has nests in the stable and Shahama in the stable. So you know, maybe the horse just gets forgotten about. So one of those didn't fire. Maybe this horse could creep in there at a price. But as far as on the win end, no, not necessarily. But I do think about Princess of Silmar a lot. I'm against this filly for two reasons. One, the, the uh, Rachel Alexandra, I needed her uh, for a pick three that day, and she was run down by Turner Loose, who I have no respect for in this race. <laughs> and then the other was, uh, you know, she ran against Kathleen Owen, the Gulf Stream Park Oaks, and, uh, I mean, that race was over around the turn. And, uh, it looked like Goddess of Fire would would, would uh, fire a, a decent shot, and Kathleen Owen just, you know, mowed her down. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a big fan of this filly. Uh, you know, she does have good numbers, though. She has a good pattern, I think. But uh, I, I'm, I have to take a stand against somebody, so it's going to be her amongst other others. But uh, let's go on to the next filly, Ujiri, from the Rodolphe Rousset barn. Florent Giroux takes the mount. This is uh, – she she's finished uh, – she won the fantasy stakes last time on April 2nd, uh, wire to wire. Uh I'm not a fan. I think uh, she'll get caught up in a, in a blistering pace, it, it appears. I don't know how she's going to coexist with Echo Zulu, but uh, what do you think, Dan? I think the only thing she can do is cost Echo Zulu the race. Because if if she beats Echo Zulu to the turn somehow, or they are at least head, heads apart and Echo Zulu doesn't clear her, then Echo Zulu can't win. But if Echo Zulu clears her by a length, then none of it matters. It doesn't matter. Echo Zulu can go 22. It doesn't matter. It's all, it's all about if she can get the distance where you girl, I, I don't know. I, I don't think she's got any chance. All she can do is mess it up for one of the favorites. And maybe she goes so fast with Echo that it, it does set it up for a crazy result. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think she's a player. I think she's a complete throwout. I wouldn't use her in any bet, not even Superfectas. I, I wouldn't use her anywhere. Uh, I'm with you on this one, Dan. I, uh, you know, you, again, you have to take stands sometimes, and this isn't much of a stand. I don't like. I didn't like the horse last year. She had the, the dominating win at Churchill, but then uh, I know I had. I needed Sandstone to beat her. Sandstone drilled her in her first try, try of two turns. I think it was a great ride by Florian Giroux that got her home last time at, at, at a mile and sixteenth, right? And that and that funky. Uh, trip at Oaklawn. So uh, trying to get a mile and eighth here against this caliber, I'm, I'm against you, Gurry. I'm, I'm, let, let, they, if they beat you, they beat you sometimes, right? 
Right. The only positive is Florent staying on. That's yeah. the only thing I could see. He knows how to ride the horse. You never know how the form's going to come out of Oaklawn over to the Churchill track. But this filly has hit, you know, been at Churchill three times and hit the board, you know, all three times. So I give that some credence. But, you know, I don't think that's this is a winner. Yeah, going back to what Dan said earlier, if Secret Oath had run in the fantasy as opposed to the Arkansas Derby, she would have been two to five, three to five in there, maybe one to five. You know, that when uh, she decided to go elsewhere, then I, I tell you another filly in there, uh, uh, Dream Lith was a heavy favorite. She was probably two to one, five to two, I think, when the when the gate sprang. She suffered from heat stroke. And, uh, oh, really? Finished, yeah, finished way back. She, Dream, Dream Lith is actually coming back, I think, on the Derby Day card for Deodoro. So it may be a horse worth watching. But yeah, yeah. So that, that race kind of fell apart. A little bit, so it, you know it's just more more evidence uh, stacking up against Ujiri. Uh Let's go on to the seven filly. That's Echo Zulu from Steve Asmussen Barn. This is a reigning two-year-old filly champion. Uh, narrowly won the Fairgrounds Oaks in her three-year-old debut. Uh, Echo Zulu will be on the lead. Dan Joel Rosario. Uh, he knows how to nurse a front runner. What uh, what do we do with Echo Zulu? You know, I, I got her on my tickets and my. Oaks Derby doubles because I've done this before with Serengeti Empress when a buddy of mine and, and CC knows an FBG member, a buddy of ours, somebody that gives us horses all the time owns Serengeti Empress. And we just, we all talked ourselves out of her too much pace. No way. She can't get the distance. There's too much speed. And Jose Ortiz beat the gate and just put everybody to sleep. I, Echo Zulu doesn't owe me a thing. We got all the money first time out. So no matter what she does here on end, I'm not going to make any more money than I did that day. So, I I mean, I I just, if I didn't take her and she turned for home to in front, I would be throwing stuff. (laughs) I'd be so mad at myself because, see, little Ray Ray told me the story on her in the middle of May and we waited and waited and waited. And I kept telling everybody on FBG when this one gets in, when this one gets in, she can't lose. She's a freak. She's a monster. And finally opening day, we opened up them, them PPs for Saratoga and I saw her and I was just dancing around the room. I was like, Oh my God, she's in. And to even dream about getting four to one. I mean, I, I, I dream about that, you know, <laughs> to, to know a horse can't lose and to get four to one and they all bet on that bum from up there that I can't remember the trainer, but it was one of them. So, so trainers from New York that put out his Philly and they all bet and better down to two to one. And everybody in New Jersey and New York were betting on that horse. And we were all sitting there laughing going, is something wrong? Nobody's betting on this horse. I'm like, don't worry about it. Blasi told us Ray Ray told us she's a freak and she is a freak. And that don't always happen when trainers tell you that. I just don't, I don't know if you can win the Kentucky Oaks off of one race since November. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how good she's got to be to do that. I, I just don't know if you can, but I'd be shocked if she ain't in front turning for home. Well, again, if, if it's, if I'm going to play a race where there's four favorites or there's three favorites, I can't play. I can't take two. I can't take three. It feels like you're betting against yourself too much. So of the four favorites, 
Ness is the one I like. It's of, of the four. So I guess it's the thing about equity and such or whatever. It's just the way my mind works. Uh, I know Ekazoo is going to be tough. I think she'd be tougher than people giving her credit for. But of the four big, of the four big girls, Ness is the one I like the most. I, I tip my cap at Beku Zulu airs, uh, and she very well may. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know how to approach that fairgrounds race. I felt like she was all out to win. Not to say that she didn't need the race. She won't move forward, but this is only her second start of the year and she's meeting some tough gals. So I'm going to, I'm not going to say I'm going to take a stand against her, but, uh, of the four, she's not my top choice of the big four. All right, uh, we're halfway through the field. Now, before we go to number eight, uh, we want to give Dan a chance to tout his uh, his uh, service. Uh, yeah, Ball Got Racing, FBG. Uh, I call him the first, uh, horse racing's first interactive handicapper. As he uh, <laughs> he has a, a, a rather large following, and he, he definitely uh, he uh, interacts with him. Tell us about uh, FBG, Dan. Yeah, we've been, can you believe it's been eight years now? Eight <laughs> years. Um, it seems like it was just yesterday that we, that we started doing this, but, uh, we've been around eight years and we, before COVID, we were up to almost 350 members, if you can believe that. Um, and then we dwindled all the way down into the 175s and now we're back over 250 and starting to roll again. It's just that I think the WhatsApp's really helped us. Guys are getting to know each other. All the different meetups have started to come back. It's not just a piece of paper. I mean, it's it's fun to meet all these guys. You know, there's there, there's not a lot of guys like us, right? I mean, <laughs> to where you true. can get, I mean, us four right now to get all four of us at a racetrack together, you know, with all that's going on in the world and your life, it's it's hard. So to have you know all these people that you can say, hey, I'm going to Saratoga this week. Who's going to be there? And there'll always be three, four, or five of them there that are willing to meet, go to dinner, you know, have a couple drinks, hang out at the track. And that's what it's become. I mean, it's not just my opinion. I mean, the guys love CC's picks. I get those emails all the time. They're like, man, when's CC going to put his sheet out? I've been waiting and waiting. I'm like, I'm sure he'll do it. Just relax. (laughs) Hang in there. It's like, He's got a life. Now, come on. <laughs> you know. Saturday night was rough. I didn't get that out to about midnight. That was a rough night. That was, that was uh, downs after dark. <laughs> well, I, exactly. And I, I get that like the day after the derby. If, if we don't have picks and other tracks up on Sunday, I'll get emails Sunday morning. Well, aren't you guys doing picks? I'm like, Jesus, man, the derby was yesterday. Relax. You know. <laughs> But that's what, I mean, we've got now seven handicappers that all help out and all do a good job. And, you know, I, I think it's a heck of a loyal group. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's rolling now. It's just a matter of picking winners and, and trying to keep hitting some pools and things like that. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a great time. And I appreciate everybody that's a member for sure. I love talking to everybody. And what we do, we get a lot, we get panned a lot on Twitter. You know, people always criticizing, uh, you know, uh, services like this. And, but I mean, I heard you say a long time ago, and I, I think this is the best explanation. Is what you do is kind of similar to like a caddy on the golf course. You know, you, you're, you know, if, if a guy's you know, hitting a shot, you know, you're going to tell him, uh, you're going to give him advice on, on what he should do. Now you don't have to necessarily go with your advice, but you know, let that influence your decision a little bit. And we, we, 
we fought all these wars before. We know we, we, we've been there and, and, uh, you know, this is, this is what we do for fun. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, this, and, you know, and, and it's for people that, uh, like, like not everybody's got buddies that go to the racetrack all the time. You know, a lot of people sitting home watching TVG. They don't know what to do. You pull up, uh, uh, FBG or get on the WhatsApp and kind of, kind of, uh, kind of ask what's going on. And then, you know, you'll, you'll at least have some decent advice that you can uh, put into play. So, well, well, my favorite stories with that is always some of the biggest hits by FBG guys are guys that didn't even have a racing form. Huh. And that should tell you everything. Cause guys will say, Oh, well, pick your own, pick your own. I'm like, you don't understand. Half the country can't pick their own. They don't have racing forms. They got four soccer games and a volleyball game. They just want to put some action in. And that's where we come in. I mean, the guy admitted it that won the 1.4 million. He had no racing for him. None. Yep. He got yep. on the treadmill. He pulled up our picks. He saw the pick five and pick four. He combined the two tickets that were on there to make the rainbow. Saw it cost 1100 which tells you he fires $1,100 with no racing for him, and he hit the button. He had no idea he had a 30 to one shot in the last race until the last race. And he looked down and said, man, I got a 30 to, oh my God, I get the whole pool if this one wins. I can't believe Dan likes this one. He's texting me before the race. You really like this horse? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I get the whole rainbow if this horse wins. I'm like, oh, geez. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, but you know, there's another story you guys don't know, Todd Morton. Uh, a buddy of mine from right down there where you guys are at in Kentucky, he, he's driving by Keeneland with no form one day on the way to a funeral. He's the rainbow on the sheet and says, you have three star plays in the rainbow. So he took single, 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 all, all, all hit for 84,000. Oh my God. That's a, day. <laughs> That's a day's work. 84,000. And all he did was go through the drive through at Keeneland, look right down at his phone. <laughs> Yelled out, yelled it out, and just drove on to the funeral. Wow, jeez, that's outstanding. But but we're bad guys for charging thirty a month, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that's enough rambling about me, though. I know you guys don't want to sit here all night listening to that. I want to know if you play golf. Are you? I mean, it's, I, don't I play, play golf. But... I play. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you consider it golf, but I play. <laughs> Talking about being a caddy, I thought maybe you had a little golf experience. No, I do. I I play a lot. I just not very good. <laughs> All right. Not a play. All right. Let's finish off this field. Uh, uh, seven more horses to go. Number eight is Venti Valentine, daughter of Firing Line from the Jorge Abreu barn. Tyler Gaffleon takes the mount. Uh, uh, finished second in the Gazelle as the even money favorite was beaten by Nostalgic. This is a filly that this this one confuses me a little bit. I I don't know what to do with her. What do you think, Dan? Well, I'm rooting for because our one of our FBG guys is part owner, but I just, huh, the, the Aqueduct races. I did. I was so disappointed. I thought she was a mortal cinch in the Gazelle. I couldn't believe she got beat. I I don't know. I I just don't think she's fast enough. Gaffley owns a good rider. She's third off the layoff. She's got some positives, but I I just think she's too slow. She's not going to be near the pace where she wants to be. I think she's going to end up getting seventh, eighth, or ninth where she's not accustomed to being. And I just, I, I don't like her. I mean, I, I could see putting her on the bottom of a tri or super. I, I wouldn't talk you out of that. 
but I, I don't think she can win. A full disclosure for me before I go in anything here, my wife's birthday is Valentine's Day. I know when she sees this name in the program, she will have me bet this horse for her because <laughs> it's got Valentine in the name. So, And sometimes, let's face it, that is what works. I mentioned a moment ago, I think on another pod, um, Tyler Gaffleone is Mr. Churchill. I think sometimes we don't even give him enough credit at Churchill. He has won six titles in a row, and he's on this. I Do I think this horse is not really because the horse has stopped twice a mile and eight. But then I go back at this New York red. It's like, well, those two times he stopped, one was against Nest, and the other was against uh, Nostalgic. I've acknowledged it. I like it a little bit. So I don't think this horse is beyond the realm of possibility. Uh, I, I, I'm like you, Dan. I think the horse would need to be out in the lead, and it would need to be a bit of a, a more of a controlled pace. I don't think that's going to happen here with the likes of some of these other horses. So I'm not going to put it past her. It's Gaffleone. Again, I know my wife's be pulling for it at 30 to one, but uh, or 25 to one, whatever goes off that. But Nah, I'm torn. I'm torn the same way uh, CC is. All right, let's move on. Uh, Desert Dawn is next. This is the winner of the Santa Anita Oaks. Uh, Umberto Rispoli will take the mount. Phil D'Amato is the trainer. Uh, Desert Dawn pretty much had a had this uh, big number on third graph come out of nowhere. I, I think she may be sitting on a bounce. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I, I think she's ready to bounce, and I'm just not wild about those uh, – those West Coast races, I, I just they're just so small fields, and they're just they're not quality. I, I just I think she should be thirty or forty to one in here. I I would be really surprised if she hit the board. Uh, I I've, I've said numerous times. I know we've got some Derby some Derby contenders from California. At years past, have told us that they that they figure I don't care for California racing. I don't bet it. I don't like it. Uh, and there's, and this, this, the race, this horse comes out as a prime example why a five horse field. I'm sure Adari Manor was, I don't know, one or two to five in that spot and she, and she beat her. This horse is not for me. The only positive I will give to the horse, uh, that is that it sounds like Delta Dawn, uh, the song by, um, not, uh, Tammy Wynette, no, Tanya Tucker when she's a kid. So I like that song. So outside of that, that's all I got. All right. Let's move on. Number 10, Kathleen O. And this is uh, one of the big four from the Chevy McGahee barn. She won the Gulfstream Park Oaks in her previous start. Javier Castellano takes the mount. Uh, all right, Dan, it, this is, uh, like I said, one of the big four. Uh, are you using her? Uh, well, I don't know yet. I, I don't think I'm going to use her. I don't want to use her. I just, uh, she's going to have to come from 13th or 14th. JJ is going to try to make an early move. I, I think I can say this on the podcast. I call him premature JJ. Oh God. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I have for 15 years, ever since he got Bernardini beat and cost me $80,000 and I was throwing <laughs> chairs upstairs at River Downs. Um, he just, he always pushes the button too soon in big races. He's going to have to with her. I, I just, man. Can a horse win from 13th or 14th and at probably three to one? I don't know. I, if I'm going to take Echo Zulu and Nest, she's going to be, if I'm having a really good day, maybe I'll throw her into the Oaks Derby double or the pick three in the Woodford into the double or whatever they call that now. Um, maybe I'll throw her in. If I bet tries, I'd put her in. I mean, I couldn't think she's not going to be third or fourth at tries and supers, but. I don't know. I 
I'm just not sold on the Gulfstream Park Oaks and, and the Gulfstream races either. I, I, I'd rather have nests bouncing all over the place, you know, eventually to Keeneland and winning or the fairgrounds horses. What do you think, Brandon? I, I'm the same as Dan. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really happy about only one race at mile, you know, mile 16th. I, you know, she's won. That's great. I, but I, you know, I thought I agree with him. The move could be early and maybe too early. I've only seen one work at Churchill Downs. I've seen her on the track. She doesn't stand out. I'd rather go more on the inside. I think the inside's going to have a big chance. I, um, I, of the big four, I probably like this one the second most, but again, I, I'm, of the big four, I'm on, the Ness is the one I like. What I find interesting about Kathleen O is, despite, uh, increasing in distance, the horses made the same move each time, coming from seven by seven lengths to get up in time each time. Generally speaking, when you see horses stretch out, you'll see them lay close to the pace or that, uh, that that solid late run will be dulled by the as as the as the races get longer. You go to two turns. So despite the change in distance, although it's been kind of a gradual change for this horse, horses still run the same ways every time. It's actually pretty impressive. You don't see that all the time. So this horse is legit. Um, again, there's others I like more. There's there's a horse in the big four that I like more, and that's Nest. And there's a couple long shots that I, I'm going to play because they're long shots that I like. So I have the utmost respect for Kathleen O. I'm going to take Nest over her, but it wouldn't stun me. I just think that this is a, kind of a special horse. I don't think she's been beating much. So, you know, again, you can't play them all, nor should you. So uh, hats off to her. Uh, this is probably the one I would fade of the big four. She ran a... Now she pairs up her last on third graph. She ran a zero. That's the fastest fig in the field. If she pairs that up, she, she, she's probably right there on the wire. She ran a really slow two year old top and, and then she's developed a whole lot since then. So that's usually when they throw a big one like that, that usually is a sign of regression to come. And she did get outworked in her last work at Churchill. But, uh, so I'm, I'm against her. And yeah. like you all said, she's going to have to come from last, probably. Or near but I agree with you guys. The rags is the same way. It, you know, 11 plus, 11 plus, and then seven minus tells me she's going to go backwards next time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't think she's going to move forward. I, I think we're all on the same page, really. I mean, yeah. I, I'd add one thing with her that, that, that worries me a little bit is I was saying she's progressed through the distances. And because the first th- first three races are at one turn, and one turn does not always translate into two turns. I actually, oftentimes it doesn't. And it looks like she passed her first test at two turns, right? The only yeah. problem with that is that she only the horse, only horse she beat in that race was Goddess of Fire. That was a two horse race. I mean, exactly. it, it was an absolute two horse race. So she proved she's better than Goddess of Fire, maybe a two turn. But I don't know if you would really call that passing a two turn test in the same way that say a Nest has or a Neko Zulu. So, you know, that's my biggest thing that am I willing to take seven to two, four to one with these lingering questions that I have and we have. So that's my thing with Kathleen O. All right. Moving on. Number 11 is cocktail moments. A Philly that just blew the doors off her, off her competition in her debut 26 to one, but she won by nine and a quarter lengths at Churchill last fall. 
And uh, daughter of Uncle Mo, this is for Kim McPeak. Uh, she's really not followed up on that effort uh, very much. Uh, you, you, your thoughts on uh, cocktail moments, Dan? Yeah, I mean, she to me is bottom of try super type. You know, maybe just add in trying to catch a a bomber at the end of the super. But I mean, barring Lannery dropping the last, waiting until they all quit, sneaking up the fence to be third or fourth. I don't think she figures much. Um, her numbers are just not anywhere near good enough. And I want to know who the gray filly was that outworked her the other day because she clearly got outworked. But I don't know who the heck that gray filly was. <laughs> I'd love to know. I keep trying to find out, but I can't find out. That's a, that's the one I want to bet on. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, what, what, Costa Moments is a, is a good example of a, of a different uh, angle I have. And that is you bet McPeak in the fall. You bet McPeak when the races get longer in the fall with these young horses, uh, whether they be first time starters or whether they be horses stretch out to two turns. This one was, uh, he did it with Landry a few times. This is one of them. So that's a, that's a one I missed the boat on. So, uh, since then, I guess you can make the argument that someone had to run second to Nest, and if Nest is that good, then maybe Cocktail Moments, you upgrade that performance a little bit. But it feels like a fringe player at best. Yep. Okay, moving on. Number 12 is Candy Raid, the impossible winner of the Bourbonette Oaks, 52-1. to <laughs> And, yeah, I, looking at the form, you could not have had this filly in that race. But, man, she looked good that day. Uh, daughter of Can- Candy Raid, she's a half-sister to... Last Samurai won the Oakland Handicap million-dollar race uh, last weekend. So uh, the pedigree is there. This is for Keith DeSarmo, and uh, she's 30-1, to 1, Dan. I would tell everybody out there, forget all that. Just put her third and fourth in your tries and super and just hope she hits the board. She's going to be 50-1. to 1. She probably won't run, but if you're going to key Nest or you're going to key another horse that's, you know, two or three to one, you got to have one of these kind of horses to make any money anyway in the try or super. These are the kind you want that to be third or fourth. So just put her on your ticket and don't worry about it. If she don't run, what are you losing? Two bucks. So <laughs> I'm not saying make a $10 try, make a 50 cent one, you know, and just hope she runs in. Um, but obviously you can't really like her to win the race, but maybe, maybe she could be third or fourth. Yeah, maybe the light went on and she just, you know, it just got good and it's worth it. It's worth a shot of 50 to one. I will say, Rafael Bejarano has been riding low key really well for a while. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping that continues. I know here at to the auxiliary gate because Michelle Lovell's using Bejarano on her, uh, her monster this week just might. So we're hoping and we're going to have a few cocktail moments. Uh, and I'll stay with, uh, with Michelle and just might. So. That aside, uh, the fact that Bayhar Arnold's riding well, I don't know. Maybe you use that, but uh, no, I don't particularly like the horse. But you know, again, Raphael's riding pretty well right now. I did see that horse work at Keeneland. That, that was a really impressive work. You could find it on YouTube. In fact, I, I, I really liked her. You look at her numbers; she's just way off. And I'm with Dan. I think she could hit hit the lower rungs of the of the super, maybe. Uh, next horse is Shahama 13. This is the UAE import. She's been off since February 18th, but, uh, Pletcher has her now. Flavian Pratt takes the mount and she's outworked. Like we mentioned earlier, she outworked uh, goddess of fire two or three times in a row, Dan. Yeah. So, I mean, 
you got to base your thoughts off of that. Now, I've got the rags numbers, 14 plus, 14 plus, 17 plus in the UAE Derby. So that don't put her anywhere near anybody. Um, so she's going to have to run way faster than she ever has. But, you know, sometimes these horses that have never lost don't know how to lose. Bred to be anything. I I could throw her into tries. I, I can't put her on top anywhere. If she wins, I'm just going to lose. But if she hits third or fourth, I will have her in the supers and tries because I'm keying nest. So I've got to. I've got to take prices in that in those last two holes, and she'll be in there. But that that's it for me. I, I tell you, you know, uh, Caitlin. When Caitlin tells me a horse from overseas, I I listen. She told me about loves. She was it. She loves me not. Is that how you say that horse? CC the one the Breeders Cup. Is it? She loves me not. I get that. Those names. You mean loves stuff. only you? Loves only loves you. Only I get all those damn love horses overseas confuse me. So. You know, that worked out well, and she's been touting me on Shahama for a while. I'm not saying she's going to say the horses are going to win, but she's been telling me for months, and Pletcher seems to be raving about the horse. Um, she watches so many races overseas, and Pletcher, it, it's a half to um, looking at Lucky, right? Correct. And it, and it looks like the horse is still is, is catching the eye in the morning. Pletcher's raving about it. She says Pletcher's raving about it. Um, there's a lot of things alike. Um I don't know. I, I get the feeling that, that Todd kind of gives me the idea that Chad does about Zandon. It seems like Todd is kind of low-key excited about this horse as well as she is. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued. And then get Flavian Pratt as well, too, who has just been incredible on the dirt, particularly of late. Uh, he, this is a horse that I would use as the X factor in, like, uh, a superfecta trifecta play or exacta play where I put – Shahama and try to upset the apple cart with uh, who's the other one I said I liked uh, the two horse in here uh, nostalgic using nostalgic and Shahama on top of nest and then flipping it and maybe even hitting connection whatever but uh, there's there's too many things point me to Shahama at that price that uh, I'm I'm truly intrigued by this one now again there's a layoff a- aspect the horse has never raced in this country but there's there's a lot of things I like about this one I find a little intriguing. Okay, one more to go, and this is number 14, Turner Loose from the Brad Cox Barn. Manny Franco aboard, uh, last seen in the Fairgrounds Oaks, finishing fourth. She's 20 to 1 on the morning line, Dan. Yeah, I, I got a, a very much a disdain for this horse after she got through <laughs> the neck at Keeneland. Cost me all that money. Um, I, I don't even think she fits here. I, I'm not even sure she's a dirt horse. I, I, I think she's most likely to run last. Oh, in here, I mean, if I had to pick one to run last, it might be her. I just I don't see where she fits. In the 14 hole, she's going to get outfooted to the turn. She's going to be stuck, you know, four wide, probably sixth or seventh. And then I think she just fades away. I and I love Brad Cox, and I tried hard to look at her and say, is there any way? I could put her in the trifecta, and I, I just can't. Yeah, Dan, I I'm with you here. Go ahead. I think this horse got lucky to win that Rachel Alexander, and I remember texting the podcast going, you're going to get Brad at 17-1 to 1 on this horse? I was like, I'll take it. And then, you know, we did pretty well. Well, I don't know if I ever finished the ticket, actually. 
But, you bet if you uh, win, I bet I bet got us a fire that day. You bet you bet turn or lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I yeah I'm with Dan. I don't think this horse really is meant to be here. The post is terrible. Uh, I I just got a fader. I mean, and I wish Brad all the best. If this horse beats me, then it's going to be thirty to one, and good you know I, I I'd be shocked. Yeah, I mean you can't. Uh, I mean Brad Cox. It's hard to. Diminish anything Brad Cox sends out, but from the 14 hole, I would be surprised if this one won. Okay, that's the field. 14 Phillies. Uh, Dan, we're gonna well, we'll go around the table. Dan, you go first. Give me a give me a top pick and a long shot to to consider in the Oaks. In the Oaks, yes. I mean, I think it'd be Nest and then Hidden Connection. Okay, what about you, Alan? I, I, what I alluded to a moment. I'm gonna not kind of do it a little bit different way. I'm going to say give me Nest over uh, why can't I remember this damn horse name? Nostalgic. I went Nostalgic, maybe Hidden Connection and Shahama, and then I'm going to flip them. I went Shahama, uh, Nostalgic, and Hidden Connection on top of Nest. I think Nest is going to run 1-2, and if in a situation, particularly uh, in a vertical, when everybody says it's a three or four horse race, if you can upset the apple cart in any of those positions, each time you go up a rung, the um, the exotics pay tremendously, and I gotta be honest with you, all three of those long shots I think have a legitimate chance. If you made me pick one, I'd probably take Shahama, but uh, that's the way I kind of see this one. That's why I'm kind of hoping to see this one, right? Okay, Brandon. Gosh, you know we're all together on this. I mean, Ness to me is the clear cut favorite in the mornings that I've seen out in the backside. I, I gotta, I want to include Secret Oath maybe in third. But then I'm I'm really kind of going back to Venti Valentine. I love seeing Tyler get them out there. Uh, I think I mean I, you know Manny's taking that other horse. So uh, and then I'm going to Shahama. I mean I think that's how it's going to be. And Keith Sormo to me is a is a you just never know what he's going to pull out his bag. So of course he's my long shot. Uh, he is scary at times. I still can't believe what he did to me. At, uh, whatever, you know, the LeCompte day at, at the fairgrounds. So, uh, was it LeCompte or was it? It was LeCompte. Yeah. Only midnight runs him down. That's right. That's right. So that, that's it for me though. I, I, but I just think it's Ness, it's Ness race to lose. And for me, it's hidden connection. I'll, I'll key her first, second, third in the tries and around secret oath, Nest and, and Echo Zulu. And then I'll throw a bunch underneath, maybe catch another bomb underneath. So, uh, before yeah. we go, Dan, uh, of course, uh, Kentucky Derby is the next day. Uh, what's uh, striking your fancy uh, uh, in that 20-horse field? Well, I'm not going to let Baffert beat me this year. <laughs> He's beat me two years in a row. Um, so I'm not going to let that happen again. I, I I like Messier better than the other one. Um, I don't like the one work in five weeks for Tavia. So I would have to make him fourth or fifth on the list. Uh, I think Epicenter, I, I, I don't dislike Epicenter's post. I don't love it, but I don't dislike it because Rosario, I think, is going to be one, two, three when they turn the bend. I think Messier will probably be in front. And then the horse I need for 15,000, I'll be screaming for Zandon because I got 89 to one and 56 to one in two different winter books. Congratulations. So, so I, you know, I got to 
I got to bet the race a little different than most people because I'd be nuts to put Zandon on top, right? I mean, I'm getting 15000 if he wins. Right. So I've got to look at maybe maybe betting tries or supers with him second and third, knowing my luck, that's where he's going to run. So I'm sure my brother's already got a million tickets all over over Zandon, knowing that it'll probably happen. Because he, he makes a living off of that, laughing at me like that. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think when they turn for home, it's going to be Messier and Epicenter. And I think Zandon's going to be weaving through. And I love Pratt too. So I was ecstatic when he took them out in the bluegrass. And, right. And I'm ecstatic to see the 10 hole. I'm just praying that he don't get smashed and just gets out of there mid pack. To where he's not 16th, 17th, or 18th, um, and too much to do because ever since they took the speed horses out of the Derby, I mean, the last 10 Derby winners, I mean, you better not be too far back and it'll probably be like that again. So I, I don't want him too far back. All right. So there you have it. Uh, Dan, good luck, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. You got those tickets, uh, to Zandon. That's, uh, that's, that's insane. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a payday. A, yeah. It was funny. We were sitting at the bar waiting for the Gonzaga UCLA game and we were just biding time and somebody brought it up and I said, well, I've been given this horse named Zandon that just broke his maiden for Chad Brown. He thinks he's got a chance to win the Derby. And the guy looked it up and said, well, you can get 89 to one here. And I'm like, oh my God. So like everybody at the bar that was there was betting twenties and fifties and you know, the the bartender from up at Saratoga, Tory, I think he bet a hundred and another guy bet a hundred. I'm like, guys, it's November. Relax. Just bet like twenty or fifty. You know, that you don't have to run around betting hundreds and hundreds on this horse. Well then we got home and Twin Spires had him fifty six to one in the first derby pool. I said, Well, might as well press it. <laughs> So that's how it all ended up. And so since then, I'm just like, like, just, just get him in the gate, right? I never dreamed he'd be the favorite. I'm like, just get him in the gate. <laughs> he'll be more than three to one, right? I mean, three to one's too low. I think he'll be four to one. I don't think anybody's going to be three to one in that race. Yeah. I think, I think favorite might be nine to two and Tate is not going to be 12 to one. Yeah. That's a horrendous line. He, everybody in America's got him six or eight to one. So I, I was shocked by that line. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, I think Charge it'll will get bet a little bit. I think he'll be twelve or fifteen to one, even though he's probably too slow to win. Everybody saw the Florida Derby and it's Todd Pletcher, so I I think he'll get bet a little bit. But there's a lot of ways to go in that race. Yeah, there is. But I, I think you're on the right way, but that's just me. But we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. We've got a lot of handicapping ahead of us and a lot of races Woo! to go through over the next five days. It's going to be ridiculous. We're going to be wore out Saturday night. So that's, Friday uh, and Saturday are tough. I won't play yeah. until Friday or Saturday, but those Friday and Saturday cars are tough. Yeah, let's, so let's get some shut-eyes. So that concludes our Kentucky Oaks seminar of, of the Auxiliary Gate podcast, and we want to thank Dan Cronin for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have him, as always, and and and, and uh, you can uh, find his uh, – his sheets for this weekend at fatballguyracing.com or if you can uh, find him on uh, Twitter at, uh, is it, uh, fatballguyracing, right? Yes. Without the G? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look him up and, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he's 
free with his time. He'll, he, he has no qualms in helping you out if you have any questions. And, uh, so, uh, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, so on behalf of, uh, Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers and, uh, I'm CC Broadus. And of course, on, on behalf of our special guest, Dan Cronin. And in the words, the famous words of Dan Cronin, don't fall off. <laughs>